So, okay, well, let's begin with uh, Aisha, if you could start us off with Fatiha. Thank you. So, so we'll be looking today at how to read Quran, uh, what Ibn Arabi is going to be telling us about that and cross-section. So keep in your mind cross-section. So that's going to be important throughout. All right, let's get that first screen up. So I'll to adjust everything here a little bit. Okay. So this uh, hadith up there is from Tabarani and it's in his collection of hadith. This one is number 11,880. <laughs> so 11,880. So this hadith tradition is quite something when you have uh, thousands of hadith like that. So something like, translation is something like, God loves that the easings he gives you be received just as he loves that the obligation he fixed be received. <clears throat> So that this is, this is our way of, Ibn Arabi is showing us that there are things that come to us that are easy, and there are things that come to us which are obligations, which are fixed and difficult, and that we should, we should accept and do the easy ones the same way we accept and do the difficult ones. And so this easing and difficulty, and that we should have this experience of knowing that God loves us to, to accept the easy things the way we accept the difficult things. So um, this next uh, passage is from uh, Fatima, who is from Sevilla or Cordoba, and Ibn Arabi you know, studied with her, was with her um, when he was young and, and she was quite old. And uh, this is one of the conversations that they had. I think, Marta, if you could read that for us. I also heard her saying, I'm amazed at someone who says that he loves God, but isn't happy with him while he is present to him. He sees his entirety in every entity. He sees his entity in every entity. And he's not hidden from him for a blink of an eye. And these people are crying. How do they claim love of him? When they are crying, they should be embarrassed since his approaching nearness is double the nearness of the ones approaching most close to him. And the one who loves is the great, greatest of the people in closeness to him. So he is his present vision. Then why is he crying? This is certainly something absurd. Then she said to me, my child, what do you say about what I said? 
I said to her, my mother, it is as you have said. So this is the, the huge teaching about when things are happening to us and things are coming to us, um, why are we thinking that somehow God's not around or we're getting things that we can't handle or why are there bad things? This is, in a sense, the answer. And it's beautiful that it comes from his, in a sense, spiritual mother saying, it is as you say, <laughs> that because what is streaming towards us at every moment is the divine. So this is, and that's from this hadith, and this is not, uh, you could not, you have to see this also then. So all the, the rules that we do, the things that we have to do, these are follow the same, the same mode. Okay. And so for Ibn Arabi, this is, he does some very interesting things with this. And these are, uh, that kind of take us away from the conventional way of understanding all of these things. So Ibn Arabi has that passage we looked at a few weeks ago, that haya, so haya, you could say in some times we call it, it's a self-effacement. So haya is sort of self-effacement or embarrassment. So if I push in front of the line and people look at me and say, what's this guy doing? What's he think he is? I get haya, which is I, have to, I want to feel that, oh, I'm embarrassed and ashamed that I did such a thing. So haya then is self-effacement. I'm not more important than anyone else. Haya is also a kind of covering, and Ibn Arabi explains this too, one of the three ways we looked at haya, one of them that is Allah says, he has no haya to take a parable of the meanest thing or the lowest thing. So he's not embarrassed or whatever to, to take a parable of the lowest thing. And the other is when the uh, person with the white beard uh, on the day of judgment says, I didn't do that. And the angels and everyone knows that he did that. Uh, Allah says, the angels say, why didn't you, you know, confront him for saying that he didn't do that when in fact he did do those things. And Allah says, I had haya. So whatever it means, it can't be self-effacement and it, maybe it's embarrassment, but I had haya that I to, should confront him for what he had done. So haya then covers up what he had done and then gets passed over. So haya is part of faith. We have that from the Hadith. And then Ibn Abi explains and reminds us that half of faith is patience and half is thankfulness. And that Allah is most patient, intensely thankful. So what we see here is that we're looking at al-mu'min, the, the mu'min, which is divine name and which describes us at the same time. So Allah is thanking his slaves for the blessing they bestowed on him by accepting the effects of the divine names in them. So Allah gives us these divine names, makes us do things because of these divine names. And then when we do that, when we follow through with that divine name, Allah thanks us for doing that because that you have bestowed a blessing on Allah by accepting that divine name. So of course he's always switching these things all around. And so this also then means that when we do something with the divine names and we do something which is not quite right, then Allah has to be patient with us. And Allah is most patient with us when we present back to Allah a picture that's not perfect, a picture that's not the true picture. And so this 
because we we then accept these divine names, we accept these forces in us, we do things, some of it's good, some of it's bad, and Allah has to be most patient for those things that we did which were not integrated. And so that's where we get this hadith then, that Lesa Ahad, there is not anyone or there is no one, Asbara Allah, more patient than or with Adhan, hurt. So there is no one more patient with hurt, yasma'uhu, which he hears, min Allah, than Allah. So no one is more patient with hurt than Allah. And this is, this Ibn Arabi will tell us, is has to be this way, because all of the things that we reflect back to Allah are not the most beautiful things. And therefore Allah has to be most patient for those things which are not reflected back beautifully. And then Allah is intensely thankful for us being their mirrors to reflect those things back. Okay. Uh, and Klaus, if you could read this one for us. Here in this world, my dear creature, is your daily life in the daytime. And there in the night is your recitation providing the garden, the fire, and the compensation. You are amid the other world, this world, and the intermediary Barzak. And you have not left for me any moment to be alone with me, not for yourself, but for me. The night is for me, my creature, not for the commendable praises. You recite a verse about these people, the ones on whom is the blessing of God, the prophets, the sincere, the witnesses, the integrated ones. And you see them in your recitation, and you ponder their stations and their sights. And what I give the faithful men and the faithful women, the devout men and the devout women, the true men and the true women, the patient men and the patient women, the humble men and the humble women, the charitable men and the charitable women, the fasting men, and the fasting women. You pause to give commendable praises to each group I have praised in my book. But where am I, and where is your seclusion with me? Thank you. Yeah. Isn't that an amazing passage? We'll just leave that for a little bit. Keep that in your mind. So this is Ibn Arabi's part saying, the night is mine. So no one recognizes me or knows the measure of my statement or knows why I come down to you in the night, except the ones who recognize Allah everywhere, who verify for themselves. The ones who are met by one of their friends and he says to him, my friend, remember me in your seclusion with your Lord. This worshiping creature answers him and says, if I remember you, then I am not with him in seclusion. 
only they recognize the measure of my coming down to the sky of this world in the night and why I come back down and whom I seek. I myself recite my book to them in their own languages and they listen. This is the hushed night conversation of mine and the one truly worshiping is the one delighting in my word. What is fitting for you is to put your attention towards me and empty your ears for my word so that I will be there in this recitation, just as I recited it to him, the messenger, and I had him hear it. So it would be me who clarifies for you my word, and I will translate for you its meaning. This is my night conversation with you. You should take knowledge from me, not from your thinking and the lessons you have learned. So this is taking, we take the Quran that comes to us as a cross section, and so these cross sections are coming towards us, are streaming towards us. But if we take a cross section, stop and think about it, then suddenly the flow of these cross sections have stopped. So when the flow has stopped, we no longer see the big picture, the extra dimensional picture. So that's why we don't want to take the cross section, which we are hearing, and think about it because that removes us from the flow. Therefore, pay no heed to the garden or the fire, nor to the accounting or the day of compensation, nor to this world or the next, because they should be contemplated not with your intellect or from studying verses with your thinking. No, direct your hearing to what I am saying to you, and you will be an eyewitness present with me. I will take charge of your education myself. And I will say to you, my creature, I meant by this verse, such and such, and by this other verse, such and such. It will be this way until the dawn breaks. So without exiting from the cross section, streaming towards us and thinking, we will get this flow. And this flow is the one which will be the divine will teach us himself. You receive knowledge upon certainty, which you did not have because you heard the Quran from me. And from me, you heard its elucidation and the interpretation of its meanings and what I meant by that word and by this verse and that chapter. You show the finest behavior towards me and you're listening so, and by so giving me your ear. I demand this of you for the night conversation and you respond to me fully present and bearing witness, reflecting everything I say to you back to me and I teach you. So reflecting everything I say back to you and I teach you is the call and the response. We saw last week the Fatiha is divided into two. And so this part is for the slave. This part is for the creator. And then each time we say this, Allah says that. So that back and forth and the division. So that's what we saw all last week. Something like this, my dear creature, something like this is my dear creature and the night is between me and you. And when dawn breaks, I settle back onto my throne, overseeing the matter and setting forth the clear signs. So Allah goes back to his work and my creature walks back to our work, to daily life and to conversation with their friends. So Allah goes to his work, we go to our work, but a door has been opened between me and you amid my creation from which you may observe me and from which I, I may observe you while the people around you are unaware that this is happening. So the people around us won't know that there's that door that's been opened in the night.
I converse with you using the people's language. So people are speaking to us and we hear these things not as people speaking to us, but we hear Allah speaking to us, the one that we were intimate with that night. While the people around us are unaware. And you take from me upon insight and they do not realize it. So you're hearing what they're saying as wise. They're teaching us something. There's something wise and divine coming from them. But they have no idea that they've just said something to you that is wise and divine. They think that you are speaking to them. So we speak back to them, but you are speaking to no one but me. They presume that you're responding to them, but you're responding only to me. So we have the, the, the poem, Oh, my intimate beloved, at night, speaking intimately, intimately with me if people are sleeping soundly. So if people are speaking, sleeping soundly around you, then you speak intimately with your beloved, back and forth, back and forth, speaking aloud and intimately. Conversing with me in their midst during the daytime. But if it's the daytime and everyone's awake and watching you, then you're conversing with your intimate in that special way where you, you're speaking to other people, but you're really speaking to your beloved. And the beloved is speaking to you, and you're hearing it in the voices of everyone around you. So that's that special position. So this night conversation opens that door. And then the salat, the prayer, is this means, because the prayer has the fatiha in it. And the fatiha is the divided into two, and it's the call and the response. So Ibn Arabi is going to say with this, what happens in the prayer. So when we're speaking with our, with our beloved, or the beloved is speaking with us in the daytime, people don't know that we're having this conversation. And so Ibn Arabi is going to explain that the salat is this place where all of these streaming intimate conversations are taking place. So he's got to explain to us why legally uh, the, the Prophet did not break the Salat when he had all these experiences that we'll read in just a second. So he's got to explain that in fiqh terms, in legal terms. So that indeed Messenger of Allah وسلم, the true never stopped conversing intimately with him in his qibla, so that in his qibla, what he was facing during his salat, in the prayer, what he was doing in the prayer. And that vision of the gardens and the fire, so this is when he goes, his, he leans to this side and he sees something, and he leans to this side and he sees something. And later they say, we saw you leaning and you'd never done that before. And he explained, I was leaning this way, I, I was in the garden and there was something that if I plucked it down, it's fruit, that fruit would have fed you all for eternity. And I leaned towards the, the other side and I could feel the heat of the fire. And in there was the person who first uh, used these idols to do some other kinds of things. So that's, uh, that's that whole situation. So that's what he sees on both these leans. <laughs> and he says, but nothing made him depart from his being someone praying outwardly and inwardly. So this leaning wasn't enough to break him out of his salat. And his, what he saw inwardly, what he saw in his insight, was not enough to break him out of the salat. No, he reported about all of this vision during the state of prayer as a notification for us about thoughts coming into us during the prayer. So when we have thoughts coming into us while we are praying, we haven't moved out of the Qibla and we haven't 
and we haven't changed inside saying, I'm ready to quit praying and go home now or something like that. So as long as we have not left the Qibla or left our intention, then all of the thoughts coming into us during the prayer, such as buying and selling. So if you're someone who's buying and selling things, receiving a gift and giving a gift. So you're thinking about receiving a gift. Oh, and I'd love to give a gift. And the inflection and variegation of the incoming thoughts of yours while praying in the states experienced by you being radiated with tajalli are yours in your inside and during the state of your prayer. So Omar said about himself that while he was praying, he was equipping the army while he was in prayer. And the report from the Prophet to us about what he witnessed in his prayer does not disprove the prayer set for us by law as some of the general population of legal practitioners believe. So some of the people in the, in the Sharia and fiqh interpretation will say, oh, if you're having thoughts like this, then you're out of your prayer. And Ibn Arabi is saying, no, it's your qibla has not been changed, even though you lean back and forth, but your qibla has not changed, and your intention to pray has not changed. You haven't said, I'm done with this, I'm going to go eat lunch. You know, nothing like that has happened. You are in your prayer. So in the same way, again, whatever shines radiantly in tajalli to the eye of your insight and to your heart, any of the sorts of incoming thoughts and images of matters which are turning to display themselves to you in your insides, they are all from God's side. And the eye of your insight is open, just like the eye of your senses. Thus, each image Mumathala takes on an image the way Gabriel took on the image to Mary in the Annunciation. Radiated in Tajeli to you is the true in your insight, just as he radiates to you in the sensed objects to your outward. Inevitably, then, you will perceive all of this with your eye of insight and your heart. So all of the things coming towards us in the, in the state of prayer are coming from the divine side, from coming from God's side. And so we're, there's no question of, oh, this was a noble thought, or this was a very pious thought. There's none of that, because we saw the first slide, that take what's easy the way you take what's difficult. So take what looks pious and noble, the same way you take which looks in, ignoble or impious. Okay? And so we take all of it as from, the, from God's side. And then to those people who are in this salat, always or ever, this is the verse from Quran, the ones who they are flush against their salat, da'imun. So da'im is prolonged and everlastingly, but then it has this beautiful still and motionless, and then it's contrary, revolving and circling. So it's, it's, there's a stillness and a motionlessness, and there's a revolving and a circling. So now we, I've mentioned that we've got to keep thinking about these cross-sections. So the cross-sections that we were looking at last week's, we're looking at how things are divided. One for this side, one for this side. And we, the very first slide we looked at way back in early March were these two, the Mobius strips. And the Mobius strip, when cut as a cross-section, creates this other thing on the, on the other side. So uh, we were looking at the, how, how each thing comes to us this way, this way, this way, this way. 
And uh, I think on the next slide, I actually, we look at these two Mobius strips. Um, we will look at them in a minute. We'll look at these two Mobius strips and the others. But this is the on-off, the negative-positive, the la that's positive, the la that's affirmation, and the la that's negative, back and forth, back and forth. Okay. So what's coming towards us in the Salat is coming towards us from God's side. And so we don't sit there and say, this was a good thought, this was a bad thought. We are equipping the army, or we are buying and selling, or we're thinking about giving a gift or getting a gift. So we have now Nora for this. Eli. Axis of the Sufi way, we will enter your ecstasy. Ahmed Bedoui, axis of the Sufi way, we will enter your ecstasy. Ayasaki, you offer drink from Kathar. Yahuya Bedoui, help us, O Bedoui. Yasaki, paradise is right here. Yahuya Bedawi. Oh, beloved friend, I only long to drink your wine and plunge into the essence. Oh, we lost into the essence of their your love. I guess I lost me. Should I stop? Keep going, please, please. Ayasaki, you offer a drink from Kathar. Yahuya, better we help us, so better we. Yasaki, paradise is right here. Yahuya, better we. Thank you. So that's why the sake is the one that brings the wine, brings the water. And in here in New Mexico, we call it asekia. And asekia is asakia. It's the, it's, the what, it's the irrigation canals that bring us water. So the water that's coming to us is all coming from the divine side. And so paradise is right here. And this is what Ibn Arabi is always trying to tell us, is that don't look at these thoughts from your brain, thinking about them, accept the stream that's coming towards you. And that stream is coming from the divine side. So, and just to remind you, this is the cross sections that we looked at before. The alif, uh, which in one dimension is a point. In another dimension, we turn that point and it becomes the stick, the line. And then that line also then becomes the equator of a, of a sphere. So it's a, it now becomes a circle. And that circle then is also a sphere, which is also a cross section of a hypersphere. So when this hypersphere over there is coming towards us, all we see is the cross section. So let's go back to that flatland. A uh, hundred years ago, the, the, or more, the story of flatland. So if you're a two dimensional being, these two dimensional beings, and we want to show them what a sphere looks like, a ball looks like, three dimensions, so we say, I'm going to pass this ball, this three dimensions, through your two dimensions, the plane. And so the first thing they see will be a point. And then that point 
will grow in a circle and it'll be a bigger and bigger circle until it becomes the equator. And then the higher dimension being will say, and now it's, the circle is going to get smaller because you're on the other side of the ball and you'll come down again. And then the last thing they'll see is a point until pop, the point goes and then say, that was the three dimensional ball going through your plane space. And so if a higher dimension being says, I'm going to send one of our balls, the nice hypersphere to your dimension. So we in these three dimensions, first we'll see a point. And then that point will become a sphere and the sphere will get bigger and bigger. And then they'll say, and now the spheres are going to get smaller because we're at the equator. And then they'll come back again and then poop, they'll pop and they'll be out of our, uh, out of our perspective. So therefore cross sections are, they are real, but they don't give us the full picture. So that's the key is that they're real, but they don't give us the full picture. And so, uh, so these are these two Mobius strips. Uh, if Omar can read the, um, the verses for us. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Kayfa takfuruna billahi wa kuntum amwatan fa'ahyakum, thumma yumitukum, thumma yahyikum, thumma ilayhi turja'un. How can you disbelieve in God when you were dead and he made you alive, then he makes you die, then he gives you life again, and then to him you return. Who is the first and the last and the visible and the invisible, and who is of everything all-knowing? Thank you. So as we look at this Mobius strip here on, on the one side. So if we put a dot somewhere, a line somewhere, a mark, that's the first. But the moment we marked it as the first, it's also the last. And the moment we see, oh, this is the visible side, side of the Mobius strip, we go around and say, oh, suddenly it's the invisible side that I was talking about. Oh, and now it's visible again. And then, oops, and now it's invisible again. So every point here in the Mobius strip is the first point and the last point. It is the inside and it is the outside. It's the outside and it is the inside. And then when we make a cross section of that strip, we get this other one here, which is a continuous strip with four places. So the four places are we were dead, meaning non-existent, and then we were made alive. And then, so we are made alive and then we come into, from pre-eternity, we come into the earth. And then when we're in the earth, we are then made to die, three. And then from three, we are then made from the grave to live again, four. And so the cross section of the one creates this four places on the, on the strip. So then we start asking about cross sections of what is the, this strip a cross section of, and you could say that this strip is a cross section of who Allah, who Allah then can cross section into, well, who Allah is, who is the first, is the last, is the outward, is the inward. Okay. So who Allah then could be that, that larger place that then is, cross-section to make this first Mobius strip. 
So, Hamida. Muhammad Ali, Hassan Hussein, Fatima, are merged in Allah, beloved of Allah, as now light of beauty shining within the open heart. The Sheikh is one pure consciousness, is one full moon of truth. Muhammad Ali, Hassan Hussein Fatima, are merged in Allah, beloved of Allah. Allah is the majestic name, it chants itself alone. It is the oneness of the soul with pure reality. Allahu, 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 Allahu. Allahu, 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 Allahu. Okay, thank you. So, so cross sections streaming towards us. And so this is a, one of these fractal figures and then a, as a cross section of it, and then I let it shiver a little bit because like the who la who and the shivering that Ibn Arabi saw, we're seeing this cross section as one after another, after another, after another, after another. And so they're streaming towards us. And we don't stop and say, pull ourselves out and start thinking about the cross section. We see them coming at us one after the other, one after the other. And this is the idea of that. Uh, the atemporal physics or that that there is no such thing as time. And so the idea of there is no time, and Ibn Arabi will say that there is only one time, and then there's nothing, and then there's a time, and nothing, and time. So there's no continuous continuity in time or in space. Everything is quanta. And so they are a piece of time, another piece of time, another piece of time. And that these pieces of time are coming to us the way uh, uh, in a flip book where you go through this way and you see all of the, the pages coming at you. And also in the, in the movie, you have 15 frames per second. So the frame one, frame two, frame three, frame four. There's no continuous movie. The continuousness is in our we process it as continuous when the movie comes towards us faster than 15 frames per second. So this, uh, this is quite an amazing, uh, this, is, this is the poem that right after this poem, uh, Ibn Arabi says, so Rasulullah, Messenger of God, Sallallahu Alaihi said, made beloved to me from your world is three, or are three. Rowan hasn't had a chance to look at this. Women and perfume, and a soothing of my eye was made for me in the prayer. So the soothing of the eye. So Ibn Arabi says, why was the prayer soothing to the, to the messenger? And he says, 
not because the prayer's movements are soothing or that there's something about the prayer itself that is soothing. What is soothing is that everything coming to him is coming from God's side. And so everything coming to him is soothing. And it's soothing the eye because his eyes then are open and are receiving all of these tajeliat, which are the same sights that we see every day. And they're the same sights that he saw every day. So it wasn't like something, someone really wonderful walked in front of him at that moment. No, whatever he was seeing every day and whatever we are seeing every day is coming from God's side. And when we see it, it soothes our eyes and it soothes the souls. So the soothing of the eye is simply a soothing of the soul. Look to every meaning buried in sensory objects. So in sensory objects, the things we sense, we hear, we feel, we taste, we see, in them there is meaning, and the meaning is in them, buried inside. You will find who, O my sanad. Now sanad should usually, and maybe is, uh, the one you lean on, or the support, but sanad is also this very Yemeni kind of clothing, where you put a shirt on, and then you put another shirt on, which is shorter than it. So there's a shirt under the shirt. So there's a hidden shirt, right? And so, oh, my son, I'm now going to take this. Is, he's talking about this clothing. That I'll have to find out whether that's the case. If you are someone observant of the detail and the variety and the kind in the properties. So every, all the properties, all the things that we see, they will have detail, they will have variety, and they will have kind. My eyes witness nothing but them, or this could be her. If it's her, if it goes back to the huiyat, the who, or it's them if it goes back to the properties. My eyes witness nothing but them ever. So I never see anything but these properties. While the people are in doubt and confusion about this, but while I see these properties, I see them as the meaning which is inside, which is the shirt within the shirt, which is while Halaj says there's only Allah inside this cloak, and on and on and on. The most goodly perfume and women share with the intimate conversation of the prayer in the meaning and in the soul. So in the prayer is my being, and women are for us a throne of ar-Rahman, and in perfume, breath of ar-Rahman, based on size of love are there. And so that's where we get made beloved to me from your world are three, women and perfume, and a soothing of my eye was made for me in the prayer. So these cross sections are coming towards us and each cross section is what it is. And so if we are, Ibn Arabi points us back to that verse all the time, uh, let this, that the person take asylum give him asylum so that he will hear the word of God. And Ibn Arabi keeps saying, the word of God is coming on the tongue of the prophet or someone else reciting it. So when someone is reciting the word of God, it's a cross section. It is the word of God. And you can say the next cross section is also a word of God. And if they are streaming at you in one after the other, one after the other, and you see then the big picture, which is in the other dimension, then you see the word of God and you see Allah speaking and you hear Allah speaking. 
And so the cross sections are all true. And when they are taken one after the other, they be, and we fly into the other dimension, and suddenly we see that they are cross-section of this larger whole called Quran, called Word of God. And that every sound that we heard was a cross-section of that. And, this, and so this, that move from cross-sections to this other dimension where we see the whole is a move which is exciting, or it's like the joke, when you all of a sudden you get the joke. You're suddenly, you see things differently. And so it's also like music that we, you don't say, oh, I'm going to stop and listen to the, 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 the fa or the D note or the sa note and just think about it for a while. No, with mu music, you can't stop and think about it, each individual note. They have to come to you. And this is why music is that teacher for us that they keep coming to us. In the same way with the Quran, when the Quran is coming to us, we don't stop, Ibn Arabi is telling us, and suddenly think, oh, let's talk about these beautiful, uh, these fasting men and fasting women and commend them because aren't they doing beautiful things? He says, wait, that's taking us away from this flow. And if we are in this flow, then we're suddenly able to see the entire picture. So our, then that is then the soothing of the eye and the soothing of the soul in the prayer. And then you can say, this is why we like jokes. This is why we like music. This is why we like intimacy. All of these things are the not, we don't stop with the cross section, but we absorb and then allow ourselves to have streamed. And then suddenly we're taken away from what we think is the only dimension that we have. We're taken away into the bigger one. And suddenly we are in intimate conversation with the divine. Okay. And, and Baki, I think, sing this for us. <laughs> Sandy, bring with secret timeless before radiance doors to mercy open spirit. Descending gentle power, spreading everywhere. So let me go. I'm, I'm looking at the chat just to see if there's something there right away. Okay. Okay. Can I? Yes. Yeah, Omar, please. There's two things, uh, Shrive. Um, 
One of them is that kind of an inquiry. You know, you said about speaking with the beloved in the daytime through others. And I wonder whether um, the others are, are specifically people or others can actually be the events around you. I, I ask this because sometimes we, I don't know, like sometimes these things happen mm -hmm. when you know that there are no coincidences mm -hmm. and you realize that there is communication taking place. It's not necessarily because people say to you things that you were looking for or expecting, but it could happen that you come across them and, and, and things start to happen in a definitely not in a coincidence way. So I, so I wondered whether this fits the picture if like God speaking to you through others in the daytime, mm -hmm. only through people or, um, or also others. Then I have a second question while wait for yeah, yeah, but yeah, certainly that, uh, I mean, that's the beauty of the, of the past is that, that as you're moving, you begin to see meaning in all the sensory events. So that things happen that, that your senses perceive and that last year I would not have seen the meaning of them. I would have just seen the sensory event, but now I see the meaning. So that's the joy of seeing the meaning in these kinds of things. Um, and, and the, and, and each person will have their own experience of that. But often, for me, uh, it's, it's often been, I'll have a, a thought kind of just sitting there, very, very uh, inchoate and not doing much. And suddenly, then I'll see the hawk that I often see. The same hawk will come. It'll come closer and closer. And then these huge wings like this, and that, that way, and then it goes off with that she, she, she sound. And so what it does, and then that inchoate thought suddenly forms into something, and I hear it. And I know what that thought now was. And so this is, this is it's both, I mean, historically, we've always had we've, the natural world to uh, tell us things so that when things are going bad and we see all these things happen, that tells us there's something wrong inside that has to be fixed. And then when it's fixed inside, suddenly the natural world, the trees begin to lean a certain way, animals start to come, and all of these things happen. And that is this conversational aspect and then and then the conversational aspect for me at least has been things that I have that are in the not quite formulated they're, in the, they're not articulate but I know there's a thought there it's like a dream right? here's a dream and I haven't interpreted it yet so there's a thought there and then suddenly with that it shifts into oh that's what that was thought was and then it becomes articulate that way and then your second come and my, my second one is about thoughts during prayers, which, um, which have been portrayed very positively. And I, and, I, and, I, and I thank God for that because they're endless. <laughs> they stream at you. They kind of invade your prayers. But it's good to know that, that they are positive. Also because some of them truly are answers. I mean, I acknowledge that. Some of them are answers. And I say, wow, how come the illumination is coming now? But I mean, it does pose the question because not all of them are sometimes answers. Sometimes some of them are thoughts that can wait, uh, you know, like just mundane things. Uh, I mean, we shouldn't try to stop them. We should, I mean, usually when I become aware of my mind drifting during prayer, my, my reaction is to say, okay, kind of move back and push that aside. Uh, should we just entertain it and, and let it be? Because it does distract away from following the, the, the whatever you are doing during the prayer, you know, whether you are, you are doing the surah or, or, or the final dua, whatever it is. So. Yeah, well, so that's, 
yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's why the, the path is so incredibly intricate. It's amazing for everything. You always have the opposite. But Ibn Arabi gives us the basic outline, which is, is your Qibla still there? Now you can then say the Qibla is everywhere, right? Because wherever you turn, there I am. But he's saying that if you're facing the Qibla and you haven't turned away, and you haven't said, I'm no longer facing this Qibla, and if that hasn't made you say, oh, I'm now doing something completely different. I've decided to forget the Salat. I'm now going to uh, do my calculations or something. So as long as that hasn't happened, you are in the prayer. And as you're in the prayer, those things which are coming to you are coming from God's side. And it's very powerful because now he's, he's expecting that we do know that earlier chapters have talked about that the incoming thoughts are divine, angelic, uh, self-based, or satanic. So there are these four incoming thoughts, and he wants us to know that we've already figured that out. But once you have entered into the prayer, just like Hajjaj, uh, the horrible tyrant, uh, Ibn Arabi says he did wudu and he said Allahu Akbar so therefore it is the prayer imam he is the prayer imam and so what he did before what he does after is not in our purview but this we see so this is in a way the way he helps us get into that and what it helps us do that one of the lessons is you realize that these mundane earthy thoughts are actually nothing but the divine side coming so we don't say oh the, that's a mundane thought an earth thought a mundus, you know, that's, it's not an earth thought. Um, that because we just have just saw, said that with the ikhlas surah, there's one on this side and one on this side. And so there are the divine names on that side and the divine names on this side, they look like this. They look like the juniper and they look like the pinyon and they look like all of these trees and they look like all these pieces of air. That's what they look like. And so when the Prophet Sallallahu was praying and has his eyes soothed, it wasn't because he was in a very meadow, meadow kind of place, even, and it wasn't because he was, was, had, had all of this environment was just perfect. No, it was whatever environment it was. And some of it was very, very hard because Aisha said that there, no one had more pain in his life than the prophet. And so it wasn't like it was a rosy, paradisical looking place, but it was paradise because it was the earth, because it was God's side. Yeah. Uh, we have a quick one that patience is half of the faith, half of faith, the other half. So patience of one and then intensely thankful. So patience and thanking. Those are the two, the, the two for what is the half of faith. Latif from London. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah, so, so things coming, the, this wheel. Uh, now, the idea of the wheel is very helpful because um, the wheel is, is something that we're, once, you, once you accept that, what Ibn Arabi is saying, that the world, the reality, everything we see is coming to us frame by frame by frame, and there's no continuity. Once you accept that, you begin to see that the series, this motion, which is the motion of a wheel, or the motion of a melody, or the motion of, uh, and then he'll go on to sex and hugging and conversation back and forth, all of that stuff, all of that then are these teachers that say that these frame, frame, frame is the cross section of something larger. And when we go into that other place and see what is larger, what is the whole, then at that moment, it's like the joke. It's like, huh, it's just, 
delightful. And that's why all of this is considered to be so delightful. So the wedged is that when you find something that you were looking for, or you didn't know you were looking for it, and suddenly you find it, that feeling. So that is the, that's the experience of ecstasy. That's why in the Elahis, we have that, that description of these delights. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is the re- relevance and importance of to understand that time is not linear but pieces of time so this is absolutely crucial throughout ibn Arabi. so frames so we see one frame one frame one frame when they come fast enough it looks like a movie it looks continuous so when each kula so kula yoma hua fishan every day which is the smallest point of time right now every day who is in a splendid uh, brilliance in, in a tajali, giving us being. So we are lit up uh, and get our, our being and we're off. Then we get our being again and we're off. Get our being again and we're off. And so this is every day, which is the smallest quantum of time. Every piece of time, we are getting our being and then we lose it. And then we get our being and then we lose it. And so this, the to see that as not linear. So if linear, then you can go from one place to the other, you have to walk a while. So if, if, you're, if, the, if reality is linear, it takes time to get places. If reality is not linear, is quanta, one piece after the other, then any moment is enough when you are about to be turned off for you to fly back into where you came from. And that's why every breath, is a path to Allah. Every moment, every breath, there is no distance to get to Allah. It's there. If everything were linear, then we'd have to go five miles. We'd have to be very pious, or we'd have to do all these things, and then we'd get there. So Ibn Arabi is saying it's nothing like that at all. There is no being pious and trying to get there, and I'm a better person, and he's a worse person. Anyone who thinks their soul is better than Pharaoh's soul doesn't understand souls, all of that. So that's this, the, the piece, pieces of reality. And we get these pieces one after the other. And if we can then process them as a stream and not as pieces, then suddenly we see everything. And the same way when the river is flowing, you don't say stop the river. And, and that's why it goes back to Heraclitus and, and the whole, uh, if I got that right. The Greek philosopher, you can't step in the same place twice, in the same river twice, because everything's moving. In the same way, you can't be in the same place. Allah's tajalli are never repeating, and it's always a new creation. So what it does is it just completely changes our way of looking at things. If it's a new creation every moment, then nothing that I've done in the past or will do in the future has any relevance. It's this moment, and this moment is where I am. And this moment is, has no distance uh, from, from Allah to me. And if there's a distance from me to Allah, that can be wiped out the moment I change. So, so that's why, that's, and it really is a very, it's, a, it's, once you get that, and then you go back and read other kinds of mainstream ideas, you start saying, oh, wow, no wonder <laughs> Ibn Arabi is so, but that's why he's so fresh, because every time you see it, he's telling you, there is no distance you have to travel. It's there. <laughs> Going back, um, Nadzri's Hashim uh-huh. correct that first in the night salat, we should see the cross section and flow with it to see the conversation with Allah. 
Yeah, so, so the cross-section idea is that when the Quran is coming to us, there is behind us or behind what we see, there is the Quran, the word of Allah. And it's also a hypersphere, in a, if we could say that. And so there are spheres which are Quran, and then there are spheres which are Torah, and there are spheres which are Injil, and there, there, there are spheres which are other revealed books. So this one, you know, ball has all of these uh, three-dimensional cross sections, which are Torah and Quran and all the revealed books. And when then that whole thing comes to this world, into this dimension, it comes as a cross section. So we see here's the Torah or here's the Quran. And so when this Quran is coming to us, we're seeing that also as a cross section of a cross section because we're hearing the syllables that are coming. And so we hear one syllable, another syllable, and another syllable. If we allow the streaming to come in and only the heart can read this, the heart is qalb and taqallaba is to heart turn. So qalb and heart turning, the same word. So the, so like with the old, uh, now they're old, they used to be the fancy thing, the, Nik the Nikon cameras where you had the automatic feed and they would and all the film would advance like that. And so the young people don't understand what that is because they only know digital cameras, but the film would advance and then advance again and advance again quickly. So you get one, one film, then another slide, another slide, another frame, another frame, another frame, and you would just touch that button and it would go like that and you would go through $5 of uh, a film, just like that. So that's the old way. Anyway, so this is the heart is being able to move quickly and catch each one as it comes like that. And our brain can't move that quickly and our eyes can't move that quickly. Nothing can move that quickly except the heart can receive, 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 receive. So when you are in the, when the streaming of from God's side is coming to you in the prayer, your heart is turning and receiving each one of those and is facing each one freshly. When that motion moves and the brain has in a sense turned off or has been occupied doing something else, then the heart will be receiving and receiving and receiving. And then the heart knows that what is coming is coming from the God side. Baki has some questions about who. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Huya that precedes the who. Can you elaborate or maybe the topic for another time? And yeah. also what's the feminine aspect of who? Yeah, so the who and the huia. Um, so the who, the, so the who as a pronoun in Arabic, you call the third person pronoun is called the absent or the unseen. So absent or unseen. So, so when I say I, that's the one speaking. And the second, when I say you, that's the one I'm addressing. And then that one that I can't see that we can't see over there. And that's the third person. So the third person is that one that can't be seen. But it's also the pronoun, when you speak the pronoun without any reference. So if I say, uh, uh, you know, Merajan, who is, that, that who refers to someone I've just mentioned. So now we all know who it comes to. But if I say who without giving the referent, then suddenly I'm giving you a name. And that name then is a pronoun for what can't be seen. So that's why we use the third person pronoun. And we use the third person pronoun masculine, which is who, 
But the description of it, the word is huiat, and huiat is feminine. So whenever you're speaking in Arabic text, and what Ibn Arabi does that very often, when he says, look at the who, she is this. And he's saying she because the huiat, because the who is the huiat. And, uh, and so that's why in that one poem, we have the aha, which is either a third person feminine, or it's a or it's a third person um, plural, so and so it either means the properties or it means the huiyat. So that's how that comes, and so this is the way that Ibn Arabi uses to say what's apparent and what's not apparent, and it's hu lahu. So the hu is the pronoun for that which can't be seen, and so when I say here's the hu, I'm saying here's the that which cannot be seen. And so negative or negative is the same as a positive of a positive. So that which cannot be seen, which cannot be seen, then is what is seen. So what is seen is the who, and the who is not seen because the who is unseen. So it goes back and forth, back and forth. And the same way, what's flowing is who, and then it's not who because there's something else flowing that is who, but it's not who, and so something else is flowing. And the same way when the who is made from deep inside the chest, from the heart, the who comes out, and the moment it comes out, it's no longer the who because it's no longer unseen. It's now the seen. And so it is the who, but it's not the who. And so then we go back and forth. So just the process of breathing is the process of, of showing us how things go from the unseen to the seen. And so breathing during the prayer is to say, I'm breathing in the breath of Ra-Rahman, I'm breathing out to be prepared to get breathed into. And so even the breath itself during the Salat is coming from God's side, returning to God's side, coming to from God's side, returning to God's side. You've mentioned the word tajeli a number of times in okay. this class. Can you say more about that word? Yeah, so tajeli, um, we're also with Jalal. And so, so Tajalli is something, it's the, it's the moment when Allah gives each creature individually its being. And so Tajalli is shining, it's radiant, it's brilliant. And so I kind of use all those words together. And it is the moment of each being getting its being. And so Tajali goes to this being, particle one, particle two, particle three, and each one is getting its Tajali. And because each one of us is getting Tajali, this radiant brilliance which gives us our being from the divine at every moment, individually, this is where we get the idea that we are God. And, and so we get this idea because only I am looked at at the moment that Allah gives me my being. There's no one else in the universe being looked at. <laughs> and so this is why Ibn Arabi always says, there is only one lover and only one beloved, and it's the Ayn Wahda, the same one. And that's because at that moment, there's nothing else getting being. Everything else is off. And then I go off, and then you, you go on. <laughs> and so that's good. Um, but each one at each moment is getting individually that love. And that's why... The, there's it's always this, you know, that you can't love more than one. And so the beloved is always one uh, because our experience of love, of divine love, is always one. Uh, 
And then Ibn Arabi says, well, what about that famous poem where it says that there are three women who hold my reins, who can, who can grab me and make me do whatever they want me to do. And Ibn Arabi says, you might say that, is that three people? And he says, no, it's one, because they all have the same thing, which pulls him whenever, wherever they want him to go. So there might be three people, but there's only one thing that he loves, and those three people have them, and so that they're able to make him do whatever they want him to do. <laughs> So Tajeli as an epiphany, it's, it's like that in the sense of light, uh, light coming, and it's, it's, it's where we are lit up and given a light, and so to that extent, it's, Tajeli is then like an epiphany, um, and also the experience then like the epiphany, it's a, it's a beautiful, delightful experience to get life, ah, got that one, that's beautiful. Uh, Omar is saying theophany also, it's the, it's, the, it's the manifestation of the divine. So the, the zahir is the, is the outward, what's seen, and the mazhar, the same word, is the sight of what is seen. So we are sights of the divine names. So if you say, what, what does the divine name sabur mean, patience? Well, we only know what it means when it's on a sight of manifestation. And so its reality, its, its being, in a sense, depends on being on this site. And that's why the divine names, in a sense, depend on their objects, their creation, what is, what is the creation. Whereas the who is the one who is free and independent and aziz, inaccessible to creation. So there's, there is the who, which is the zat, which cannot be talked about, thought about, uh, intellectualized about. It's just, there it is. Um, and we don't know about it. We don't talk about it. We can't encompass it. And it is inaccessible. And it is uh, beyond. And then there are the divine names, which are completely accessible, because we are in them at every moment. So... Yeah, and so uh, with translations, I've, that's why I've, I've, I've just used Tajeli. Uh, I say radiant, brilliant Tajeli often in the translation so that you get to see that radiant, brilliant shining, all that comes with the word Tajeli. And at some point, my mother, who knows absolutely zero Arabic, um, she said after a while, says, you're, you're explaining Tajeli again. Don't you think we got it by now? So if she says she's got it by now, then it's okay in the translation, Tajeli. We're all going to know what it means. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there's some beautiful poetry coming through now. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah, we will be. We can look at all of that. Um, in fact, we'll look at some of this idea of, of this poetry about rain and and things coming and and to come often and be strong. But we'll look at that. Uh, and then we have a chat down here. Can who be felt though? Even though we can, yes. Yeah, so that's so that's what, and that's why we use who. Because if I say um, Ibn Arabi says, look how powerful the pronoun is, and pronoun in Arabic is damir, and damir is that which is has which has embraced and encompassed something, and so and so and so this it's we're, we're, we hold on to something this way, and it's secret. It's inside. We can't. It's been concealed inside. So if I say, and so he said, look how powerful the pronoun is. I can say, you know, the day that you and I shared, we went to this place and we saw that person. We had that conversation. And, you know, that person said that and, and that person said that. And then we stopped and we had this coffee here. And that was so nice. And we did this and we did that. 
all of that is subsumed in the one word that day. <laughs> so that's how power. So that day, boom, takes that whole conversation in, in there and it's concealed inside. So when I say to my friend, uh, I see the Klaus is on the picture here. So I say, Klaus, remember that day. It concealed in his heart and in his chest is that whole day. And concealed in my chest is that whole day. And so when we say that day, we're talking about what's concealed in his chest and what's concealed in my chest. And so when I say who, then the person says, oh yeah, now I know what you're saying. <laughs> and that's why you only have to say, what are we talking about here? It's who, oh, now we understand. Because concealed in my heart, concealed in your heart, and we share that. That's the power of the pronoun. So that's why the Sufis love the word who. <laughs> We have another question. Mm -hmm. How does the notion of time not being linear, i.e. past, present, future, affect our use of language? In particular, how do we conceive of verbs within which are always present a sense of a particular time? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's, and that's, we talked about a little bit of that with the idea of noun and verbal noun and verbs. So, it's, so Arabic has a, has mustar, so M-A-S-D-A-R, and they come from Sadr. Now Sadr, um, for those who know Karachi, for instance, Karachi has Sadr, has its, which is sort of its center place. And it's this beautiful bazaar. You go in there and, and you get into this intricate warren of, uh, of people selling cloth and other kinds of wonderful things. So Sadr is that chest, the first thing that's confronted and the first thing that's inside. And so verbs, um, you got nouns, verbs, and verbal nouns. So the verbal noun is the place that you know where it came from. So Ibn Arabi says, we are a mustar. We are a verbal noun. Because we are still, because we're a noun, we're not a verb right now, and yet we know where we came from. That Allah said, when I want something to be, I say to it, be and it is. So be and it is, is the verb the verb the noun is us and when the verb hits this noun and makes it a verbal noun we are that still thing which was created by a word be and it is so that's that that's the grammar uh, that we're watching verb noun and verbal noun and we're watching that grammar throughout reality that's how we work that's how allah works us um, and that's and so once you see that, then you don't see me as oh here's this person individual. No, you see this thing here is the place where Allah has said be and it is. So I am a verbal noun. I'm not a verb because only Allah can make things happen, and I'm not a noun because I can't sit here for more than one moment because in the next moment I'm gone, and then another frame comes and another frame. So I'm a verbal noun. So I'm, and so that, and so this verbal noun is who we are. And when we see that, then things become easier. And then linguistically, so that's why in the Quran, when you speak of the garden, you say you have the past tense because it's the perfect tense, because it's already done, it's been there. And that's because there is no time, there is just one place. There it is. <laughs> And the extent, could this be the expansion and contraction we experience? Yes. So that's the on, off, on, off, expand, contract, expand, contract. All of these rhythms are, see, they're rhythms only when you know something else is coming next. 
and yet we don't know anything that's coming next. So we are, we are in a time, we're, in a, we're a frame, and that frame really has no experience of the frame before it and no experience of the frame after it. But somehow, when we perceive a certain way, we see the movie. So if I take the frame, and I go like that to the light, this frame doesn't know this frame and it doesn't know that frame. And yet when I look at it streaming, then I know what the movie is. So this is Ibn Arabi's quiet hint to us that when we see more than one frame at once, so we see a streaming of frames, when we see the movie, it's not my eyes that are seeing it, it's whose eyes that are seeing it. And that's why only who sees who, only God sees God, because I can't see the next frame, and I can't remember what the frame before it was. So, so th and that's why we, we then when we see expansion, we know there's contraction. When we see contraction, we know there's expansion. How do we know that? We that's our only the true self knows that because I myself don't know that there was something before and there will be something later. So that's that is this on off in, out, all of these things. And every time we see that, um, separation and coming closer. And that's what we love then, that, that what do we love? Ye duri, I love this distance, because if there wasn't this distance, I wouldn't have anywhere to come towards. So we want to come towards, but then we want to be distant again. And so this back and forth distance, into that is the essence or the bottom or the foundation of so much of our human experience, because it is the divine experience. Good. Yeah, and, and so when we look at the Salat itself, you know, the movements, all these movements that you know, come up and down and this way and this way, all of that, all of these things are these lessons. And so back to what Omar was saying about when you see around you things conversing with you, what's happening is that when you see, when you see water flowing, you suddenly see, oh, there are water molecules, but they're flowing. So I see river, even though I know it's composed of cross sections of water. And so that then becomes a lesson. It can, and it can, it can be the only lesson you need to have. Um, and then the way that our relationships go closer and farther and closer and farther, that tells us something. And then sex, which is Ibn Arabi's other main go-to to explain things, that's also this, that, this, that, right? So all of that is there. And this is why, and then we can look at, at gender the same way, the fluidity of his language, Ibn Arabi, the Aleph and the Lam, sometimes he, sometimes she, because the Arabic only has the two genders. And so he goes back and forth and you say, wow, in other words, the back and forth is the lesson and no one is fixed. There's no fixed. And so I am not a noun, I'm a verbal noun. So verbal noun constantly becoming. Yes, and then you could say, so the verbal noun is constantly becoming. Yes, so this, this, this continual, so we had that back in the verse. Those who are flush against their solat, daim, daimun, they're ever flush against their solat. They're perpetually, continuously, they're always there. And so these are the ones who are always in a position where their qibla, what they're facing is the divine, and their intention is to love the divine. 
So they never leave their salat. And because they never leave their salat, they're always getting the soothingness of the, their eyes and their souls are soothed always. So meaning who is experiencing who? So the moment we experience not as cross sections, which is what our brains are good at doing, but we see it as a flow, as music, as seeing that there's something coming next and there's something that we came from. The moment we see this, we know it's no longer my sight can see that. So it must be some other sight. And so someone else and uh, the being is seeing these things. And so I am seeing and hearing only at cross-sectional level. But if I see and hear larger than the cross-sectional, then I know Allah is seeing. Who is I this way? And so that's how thinking, and so I'm using the word thinking, thinking to try to explain what Ibn Arabi says with fikr is kind of thinking, but I say thinking, thinking, because it's, you know, that feeling when it's, oh my God, just can you quit thinking? And um, I see my friend Nora there, and she always understands this too. Thinking, thinking, and, and so yeah, we want to get away from thinking, thinking, and we want to get into, ah, there we go, because it's it has to be, it's the thinking, thinking that is the distraction, which is just the way, what's a cross-section good for? For engineers, a cross-section is very good to see how pieces work so that you can fix this part, you can fix that part. But then, you know, you blow up the scheme and you get this huge blow up and now you see the whole. And say, so, oh, in other words, having this little bolt move, tighten this thing isn't the reason why I have a car. I have a car to do something and the bolt tightening is not why I have the car. So that's moving away from cross section to the big picture and all of that. And then it's the joy. And then of course, that's why the mechanic who is the artist sees things that we don't see say, Oh, I, I hear that this is happening inside your car. Oh, but you can't even see that. Oh, but I know it's happening because this means that this gasket is loose and therefore that's happening. And so all of these, that is the, that is the beauty of learning who the divine is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, and so uh, my mind runs wild during the prayer. Yes. Ibn Arabi is having to address because some of the scholars of Islam, some of the scholars of Sharia, the, the, the fuqaha, the ulama, they have arguments about what, can take you out of your prayer and, and oh, you have so many thoughts. And so Ibn Arabi quotes one of the hadith that they use and one of the hadith that they use, which is false, I'll just tell you right away. But he says, one of the hadith they use is that if this happens, then you lose a 10th of the salat. And if that happens, you lose a fifth of it or a third of it. And Ibn Arabi says, this is clearly a false hadith because the prophet had all of these things happening and none of them take, took him out of the prayer. So, so the so this is facing the qibla, and and having the intention inside. So the outward and the inward are in the prayer, and so the only way that we then understand the verse that we I had up there that those who are flush against their salat daimun always continually, they are flush against the salat because wherever they turn they see their beloved. So they're always in the qibla, of looking at their beloved. And their intention is not to uh, get rich or get famous or to walk 10 feet. Their intention is to love the beloved. So as long as their intention is to love the beloved and wherever they turn, all they see is their beloved, they are in their prayer always. One okay. more question. Um, yeah. so, uh, 
is in this earthly existence, we can only encounter verbal nouns outside and within us, never pure nouns or verbs. Absolutely. Yep. That's it. And so there are no nouns and no verbs that are accessible to us. There's the verbal noun that we are. And so uh, to move, and so if we see a, a, a noun, we're seeing a single entity, well, we can't see it. Uh, but Allah can see it. And if we are, can see something, we say something and something happens, I can't do that, but Allah can do that. And that's why Bismillahirrahmanirrahim and Kun are the ways that when I do that, then I can't do it, but Allah does that. And the Prophet only used Kun be once. And that was when the person was coming and everyone was nervous. And he said, Kun Abadar, you be Abudar. And it was Abudar. And so one of the one of the explanations for why we go through this tunnel of life that is modifying us and modulating us and changing us why we suffer why we have pain why we have to do all of these things and then when we're in the grave some people are getting torments in there and then some people are getting torments in the fire and on and on and on is so that what emerges what Sheikh Noor called the master of spiritual discipline of every being. What emerges is the spiritually disciplined being who then says, be, and it is. I can't say more than that, but there it is. Okay. <laughs> so okay. isn't it a rational thinking, which is trying to make sense of think, analyzing, etc., and another kind of thinking, which is receiving a, uh, a through that comes from the divine, like into or a thought that comes from the divine, like intuition or revelation. C'est bien française qui dit ça. <laughs> okay, yes, and that is and that is the thinking and analyzing. And so when you think about analyzing. It's the word itself. The Greek word is analyptos, is to cut things up into little pieces. And that's one way of understanding things is to cut things up into little pieces. And then the other way of understanding is synthetic, is to see things that are as they are together. So uh, certain, and so there is the and in in. in in the Arabic, what Ibn Arabi shows is tafsil and ijmal. So tafsil is cutting up things into small pieces and seeing what they say. And then ijmal is to see the whole, which is jamal, which is beautiful. And uh, so seeing the whole. So those are these di the different ways of, of thinking. And we use both. We go back and forth, back and forth. And in a sense, it's being in the middle of the ocean and then being on the shore. And then going to the middle of the ocean and being on the shore. Neither one, if you're on the shore all the time, you never have the delight of being immersed in the divine sea of love. But if you're in the divine sea of love all the time, as Ibn Arabi tells us, you're useless to yourself and you're useless to everyone else. So do what the prophets did. They all came towards the shore. So you go back and forth and back and forth. And so that's why the Prophet said, there are times when I can only be with my rub. I can only be with my cherisher in the middle of the ocean. But the rest of the time, and as often as he could, he was in the shore and is in the shore to help us. So, yes, thought versus intellect. There we go. Okay, thank you. So, thank you again for being here. It's so wonderful to see all these beautiful faces, see everyone here. And thank you. Thank you, Shua. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Yeah, and, and I always remember when I talk about Fatima, that, uh, that she was in the, the hut by the, the river in Sevilla, and Cecilia was taking me around Sevilla. It was so beautiful to have that experience. And then I always think, and when I got to the river, 
I got a real chill because there are all these reeds. I said, these are the reeds that are the grandchildren of the reeds that Ibn Arabi used to make the hut for Fatima. So I always think of Cecilia and Fatima at that moment. <laughs> Thank you. And the poem of Rumi, the reed. Yo, the reed wants to get back. Yeah. Where's, why does the nay sing? Yeah. yeah. Beautiful.